I'll tell you, there's a lot of good things that are going on right here at First Alliance, and, and I know that uh, Sam had, had alluded to a few of them, uh, but I, I keep seeing, I keep hearing and, uh, of stories of, of people serving, of people being able to minister to people out in the community, of blessing people anonymously. I mean, it's just on and on and on that, that people are waking up to the voice of the Lord in their lives. And, and, you know, we talk about being filled by the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, and, and a lot of times that alludes to, you know, a, like an encounter with God, an overwhelming encounter with God. And, and I am not distracting from that, and I believe in that, and I've experienced that multiple times in my life, and I want to experience it again multiple times in my life. But following God and listening to the Holy Spirit and being Spirit-led is not just the, the extraordinary it's the still, small voice. It's being sensitive enough to, to listen to that little voice that, that says, pray for that person. We were uh, eating uh, lunch last week after service, and, and uh, we were talking about the service. Man, God was really here last week, wasn't he? He's really here uh, today as well. But he, was really, he just really showed up and he blessed a lot of people. And I think I made the comment, I said, man, God was really here. And somebody made the comment, yes, if you were looking for him or if you were paying attention. And that, that has resonated with my spirit all week. Is it possible to be in in an atmosphere in the presence of God where some people are really being blessed and touched and ministered to. And can you be in the same building, in the same congregation, and not feel anything because you're not paying attention? I, regrettably, I know the answer is yes. And, and you say, well, how do you know that? Because I have been guilty of that myself. My whole goal, my whole desire is, is for you and I, all of us, to be aware of the presence of God, not only in our lives, but in the lives of, of those around us, that, that we begin to go on this amazing journey with Him, that every single day we're looking for opportunities to be used by God. It, it will just unleash and, 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 and take over our lives. Do you realize that, that we are Acts chapter 29? You say, well, I know there's only 28 chapters in the book of Acts, and I know because you're astute. Even Colonel Sanders knows that. <laughs> but you know, we are the continuation of the church. The book of Acts is a history book, but we're still writing history today because God is still in control today, that Christ is still the head of the church today, that God is still doing the miraculous, that, that, that God is still saving souls, that God is still delivering people, that God is setting the captives free, that God is opening the blind eyes. God is doing an amazing work in this world, and I don't know about you, but I want to be right in the middle of it. 
When we say we're the church of, the, of God, what we really are saying is we want to be used by God. I want to feel His presence. I want to be directed by His Spirit. I want to make a difference in the oikos or the circle of influence around me. I want the presence of God to be there. I want the voice of God to be able to speak hope and life and encouragement through me. Shouldn't that be all of our our goal, our desire, our ambition to, to see God? See, when I see this church... I see you and I living out our faith, and, and, you, and, and I know that there is a, a, a lot of different events that can go on in churches, and we have a lot of different ministries going on. We have programs throughout the year, but I don't want to be known as the church of a program. I don't want to be known as the church of an event. I want to be known as a church where the love of God is experienced, where the presence of God is felt, and where you can feel the atmosphere of family and community at First Alliance. That's where we are. That's where we're going. That's th- we're going back to the basics. And there's nothing wrong with, with changing how you get to, uh, to reach people because culture changes and, and every generation changes a little bit. But one thing that never changes is the saving power and the grace of God and the Spirit of God and the gospel. It never changes. It's always the same. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He saved people yesterday. He's saving people today, and He will save people tomorrow. And I don't really care what program we have. I don't care what ministries we have. The only thing that I am I'm concerned with is the presence of God living and ruling in our lives. Man, when that happens, great things begin to happen. Churches begin to grow. People begin to realize that with Christ I can do all things. Man, it, it's, it's an incredible experience. It's an incredible experience when when. God's people begin to start being used by him and you're, and you're in a situation and you say, well, how is that going to work out? And you say, oh, I don't know. How is that going to work out? But then God shows up and, and, and it works out and you think, wow, I didn't see that coming. But wasn't that cool? Let's do it again. It's something about walking in, in, in this thing called faith and, and trusting in the Lord and, and relying on him is scary but it's like watching those scary movies or telling ghost stories when you were a kid you couldn't get enough of them even though you were scared to death walking and living in, in that in that presence of God and, and walking in faith there's that certain part of you that has a little intrepidation but when you trust in the Lord and you see him work over and over and over again amazing things happen in your own spirit you begin to really trust in the word of God and you trust in the God of the word so today I, I, I want to look just for a, a, a couple of minutes and I'm, I'm going to cut this short. I'm only going to run about 90 minutes. <laughs> There's a person that has no place to go. <laughs> to see what we want to see, we must be dedicated and directed by the Holy Spirit. We can't charter the course on our own. We have to be directed by the Holy Spirit. In the passage of Scripture, 
that, that was read this morning, Jesus ascends into to heaven, I, that would be one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Can you imagine talking to Jesus and he just starts floating in the air and taking off and they're looking at him and the sun was out because he went behind a cloud. So they were looking and, and, he, and he went behind a cloud and disappeared and then the angels said, hey, why are you still staring? He's coming back. Go to Jerusalem and stay there until you receive power. And they went and they stayed there until the day of Pentecost and that's when the church was birthed. And, and if you look at it, I, I want to I look at that, that just for a moment. What happened there on the day of Pentecost? What are some common things that happened? Well, one, I, I was thinking about, uh, of all things, lightning. You know, you, you realize that Florida is the lightning capital of the United States? Man, if you have to be known for something, that's a good one to be known for, isn't it? So... But, you know, the thing is, is, on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 in the upper room. And Acts 2 says they were all with one mind and one accord. They were all in one agreement. They were all focused on the same thing. And, 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 and they had taken those things which had, that would interfere with the Holy Spirit in their lives, and they had set them aside. I want to talk to you today about the path of least resistance. The past path of least resistance. Lightning is, is always amazing to me. Do you realize that, that when, when the uh, negative ions uh, create uh, plasma in the clouds, when that lightning strikes, it can get up to 25,000 degrees Celsius? That's a lot of heat. And you say, well, it just lightning. No, lightning always does one thing. Lightning always follows the path of least resistance. That's why you see it when it's jagged, because it's, the air acts as an as a insulator, but the negative ions are looking for a positive, positive charge. And, and when a positive charge builds up on, on something on Earth, and usually something taller, it reaches up, and those negative ions reach for it, and that's what creates the lightning bolt. But the lightning bolt always follows the path of least resistance. On the day of Pentecost, I believe that they were in that upper room. And there was such a positive atmosphere that the Holy Spirit just hit them all. All 25,000 volts. It just filled them. You say, well, well, what are some things that they were doing? And, and I'm really glad you asked because I have them written down, and, and I want to share them with you. The very first thing the Scripture tells us in Acts 2, 1, that, that they, had, they were in one mind. They, they had common goal, a common goal of exalting Christ and his kingdom. Do you realize that, that when, when a group of people get together and they're focused on one thing, Amazing things can happen. And when, and when we start looking at those that were in the upper room, you had all the apostles. Some of the apostles were tax collectors. Others were fishermen. Some were wealthy. Some were poor. Some were leaders. Some were servants. Some were men. Some were women. The Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in the upper room. So were his brothers. There were 
a multitude. There was a, a diversity within that group. There were people from all walks of life. My guess is there, there were people from all different aspects of theology in that same room. But what created the positive atmosphere where the Holy Spirit could go whoosh? They had a common bond. That common bond was that they were focused on the promises of God. That God said, or Christ rather said, go to Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. They were focused on what Christ had said. They were taking him at his word. They were not going to leave until they received. And here's the amazing things. I believe that, that friendships were forged by that common goal. I believe those 120 in that upper room for those 10 days or 7 days, they got to know each other really well. And they had one common goal, that they were unlikely friends in this life, but best of friends because of the common goal. When I first started going to uh, church, and I had a, a really good friend of mine, uh, James, and James uh, was one of the uh, leading businessmen in, in, in the city of Fort Smith, and he, he was unlike me in every way. He's probably 25 years older than I am, and, you know, we had really nothing in common, but we were the best of friends. The reason why we were the best of friends because we had a common goal. We were hungry for the presence of God, and we would pray together, and we would fast together, and we wanted to see God move. I, I pray that I've been there for him in his life, and I know he has been there for me in mine. And on the outside, you would think they have nothing in common. But a common bond, a common goal can keep each and every one of us focused on the greater picture and the things that we have that are different pale in comparison to the common goal that we have. I think that's, that's important for you and I to understand that, that the scripture says that, that this is God's church, that, that Christ is the head, that he is going to work, that the scripture says that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And Christ looked at Peter and said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. God is going to have a church and the church is greater than anything that's in this world. There's no spirit, there's no devil in hell that is stronger than the children of the living God because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And when God's people have a common goal that we're going to turn this city right side up for Christ. Why? Because he said we can do it. And if God said it, it's finished. Man, if we get to that place that we start lifting one another up and encouraging one another and not try to make everybody the same, but allow each of us to be who we are, but have the common goal that it's for Christ. 
amazing things happen. So what, what happened on that, on that day of Pentecost? Number one, they had one mind. They were focused on one thing. Because with a multitude of opinions becomes division. They eliminated that. They had one goal, one, one cause. And that was to see Christ fulfill his promise. Second thing, they were in one place. They were sharing community. Man, community. Hanging out together. Hanging out together. You ever hang around somebody that's real positive? Don't you love hanging around positive people? I am the only one that likes to hang around positive people. <laughs> wow. I love positive people. I love negative people when they're over there and I'm over there. No, I, I like positive because I feed. You get to feed off of the excitement that's in their life. I love it when you're, when you're looking at a, a situation and somebody says, wow, we can do that. Have you ever done that before? No, but there's YouTube. We can do it. I, I love that. I love that, that positive spirit. I love that because there are times in life where one may get down and the other can lift them up. And Bible says where a three-strand cord is hard to rake because when you have like three people and one's down, two can lift the other one up. And, and there's something about hanging around the body of Christ. It's something around hanging around God's people because when we hang around one another, we should be lifting up and edifying, encouraging one another. And you say, well, am I, am I always going to be up? No, you won't always be up, but I guarantee you, you're going to have some brothers and sisters in Christ that are and let them speak hope into you. I, I remember, I love the story of Paul and Silas, and, and you know, they're beaten and thrown in jail, and then they start singing at the midnight hour. I wonder who encouraged who. You ever think about that stuff? Was Paul the negative one? Was Silas the negative one? Were they both negative? Oh man, I thought we heard from God. Well, I thought you did too. Charlotte and you, here we are in prison. I thought we were going to have something great going on, and now we're in prison. What, what does this mean? Well, I think we did hear from the Lord, okay. It's not turning out the way that we thought it would, yes. But do you remember the time that God did that and delivered us? Yeah. And do you remember the other time when he did, delivered us over here? Do you remember the time when we didn't have anything and he provided? And they started sharing stories. Because when you, if you want to feel God's presence, start bragging on the things that he's done in your life. He'll show up. So they started talking to one another before long, and they were singing. And, before, and when they were singing, that's when victory came. See, there's something about having a positive spirit when it comes to God. And I, I love it when it's in Micah 7, 8. It says, don't rejoice against me, my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. There's going to be times in your life, and I don't even, this is not in the notes, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. There's just what I do. 
There's going to be times in your life that you're going to trip and fall. There's going to be times in your life that some of the times that you fall are going to be self-induced. There's going to be times in your life over no fault of your own. You're going to trip and fall and feel like you've lost out. That is the time that you need to hang around God's people. That's the time that you need to realize, I might be down, but I'm not out. Because greater is he that is in me than he's in the world. That he will never leave me. That he will never forsake me. That the mercies of the Lord are fresh and new every single morning. So I might be down today, but I am not out of this fight. And I'm not out of the war. And I know who wins, and I know which side I'm on. There are times in our lives that, that sometimes it's our own fault. I hate to say it, but man, then there's other times that you're just going to feel like, has God forsaken me? But I want to encourage you. Don't allow the adversary to keep you down. Hang around God's people. There's something about having community that builds faith. So they were, had one common goal. They, had, they were building in community. And the other thing is, they had unified prayer. They were praying together. They were looking to encounter Christ together. They had a common direction, and it developed unity. And that prayer unleashed the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, if, if prayer is anything for us, it's everything. Prayer. I'm going to ask the praise team to come. I tricked you about 90 minutes. <laughs> A common, common goal. Community and prayer. If you want the Holy Spirit to work in your life, if you want the Holy Spirit to work in your church's life, we need a common goal. If you, want, if you want the Holy Spirit to work in your life, not only a common goal, but you need to build community. Be that spark plug that ignites. If you want to have the presence of God in your life, you need to pray. Those three things. I, I look at that passage of Scripture, and when I, when I look at that, I, I think... Man, they eliminated all, all the things that would cause resistance to the presence of God. And as they rose in prayer, the Holy Spirit met them. Would you stand with me? Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Cornelius is praying. And he is praying so much that an angel comes to visit him. Can you imagine an angel visiting you and you know it's an angel? And the angel told him something spectacular. He said, Cornelius, your prayers have come up as a memorial before the Lord. One prayer after another, stacked and stacked and stacked and stacked and stacked. And his prayers had reached the throne room of God. Can I encourage you? Don't give up. 
don't lose heart. When it seems darkest, begin to pray. Pray hard. Pray fervently. Pray effectually. Pray consistently. Pray without ceasing. Continually pray. And you say, well, I haven't seen the answer yet. Well, maybe your prayers haven't reached the throne of God yet as a memorial before the Lord. I know this, that God hears prayers. And if you're here today and you're wrestling with something and you, and you don't know where the answer is coming from and, and, and you're still trusting in the Lord, can I encourage you to keep praying, keep trusting? Would you do something with, would you just close your eyes just for a moment? I believe there's people in here that have been praying for other people. Then you've almost lost hope. But right now, would you reach out and say, Lord, trusting in you and begin to pray for that person there are people in here today that have circumstances in their lives and, and you've prayed and prayed and you don't know and it seems like God's not answering but can I encourage you today to pray again to continually pray and ask God some of us have been asking for family and friends right now there's a person on your heart, if there's a circumstance on your heart, would you begin to call out to God right now where you're at?